Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Believe in Navy Football podcast. I'm Bill Wagner, your host, longtime sports writer with the Baltimore Sun and Capital Gazette, covered Navy athletics and Navy football for close to 30 years, and I am joined by my co-hosts, Eric Catani and Keenan Reynolds, uh, two of the greatest players of the triple option era of Navy football, bringing their expert analysis and insight. Guys, SMU preview, looking ahead to Saturday's game, 3.30 p.m. at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium, CBS Sports broadcast. Uh, guys, SMU is a offensive machine. I mean, they are really putting up the points. Um, a passing, a lot of a strong passing game, but I'm surprised at how balanced they are. SMU is five and zero. You know, some of these wins they beat North Texas, they beat Abilene Christian, they beat Louisiana Tech and South Florida, which is one of the probably maybe the worst team in the American Athletic Conference. But the one victory that does stand out is TCU, Texas Christian. Uh, Gary Patterson, former Navy assistant, is there. He's a very good coach, always has good defenses. So SMU beat TCU 42-34. to Just looking at some of the statistics, um, SMU ranks fifth nationally in total offense, 532 yards a game, seventh in scoring offense, 42.6 points per game. But, but the balance is what defensive coordinator, Navy defense coordinator Brian Newberry talked about. They are – they, their rushing um, yards per game is like 215 yards per game. They, they run the ball effectively. They got this guy, Ulysses, Ulysses Bentley, is very good running back. Now, he missed a, a South Florida game with an injury, an ankle injury, so not sure what his status is. And the quarterback, Tanner Mordecai, he's a transfer. I was just reading an article in the Dallas Morning News in which Tanner – Mordecai was saying that he's got multiple first-round draft picks in his receiving core, and this article in the Dallas Morning News was musing about whether does SMU have the best receiving core in the nation. Um, they've got some guys that can go. Their leading receiver is um, uh, Gray. Hold on, let me get his name. Yeah. Danny Gray, Danny twenty-seven. Gray. 27 receptions, seven touchdowns. Rashi Rice, I remember him from last year. He was burning Navy. And uh, then they got Reggie Roberson. So, and I mean, these guys are – SMU has produced legitimate NFL players. They had um, – James Prochet is on the Ravens right now. And they also had uh, another NFL wide receiver in Cortland Sutton that was with the Broncos. So – you know, these guys are loaded, and last year they, they put it on Navy. They scored 51 points on Navy. So let's start with Keenan first and foremost. Um, are you worried? I'm, I'm going to try my best to not sound like a, a super fan, I guess you could say. But the whole time you were reading all the stats, and I'm sitting here looking at the SMU at a glance, uh, kind of the media guide, and I'm just kind of – this going to sound crazy, but I'm not impressed. I mean – I'm impressed by the amount of touchdowns that Tanner's thrown in five games, 24 touchdowns in five games. That's impressive. That's almost five touchdowns a game. Um, Keenan, did, did I hear that right? Did you say you're not impressed? I'm not impressed. Like, I, it, it just doesn't I, – I was, I was more concerned going into the Central Florida game than I am in this game. Um, and, it, and this is, again oh, – Let's hear this. I, I, I got to hear <laughs> it. It could be the, the, it could be the, the competitor in me. 
And I, I just feel like there's been multiple times throughout the history of Navy football, throughout my career in Navy, where we go into these games against these teams that are supposed to be all world. And then you play them and it's like, huh? And, and, and so I think in, in the spirit of kind of wanting this type of attitude to be brought on Saturday from our players, they should not be impressed. Again, like we said, like I said last week, these guys put their pants on just like we do. They, 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 they strap their helmets up just like we do. They scored 51 points last year, but not a lot of things went right for us last year. So last year is moot, in my opinion. I'm looking at who they played, Abilene Christian, why? Meh. North Texas, meh. Louisiana Tech, beat them by two, meh. TCU, okay, yeah, solid. That's a solid squad. Gary Patterson, like, like Bill said, always has a good defense. Scored a lot of points, also gave up a lot of points. Um, and then South Florida, meh. So, in my opinion, they haven't really been – the biggest test that they've had so far is, is, is TCU. And, and I, to, to be completely candid, I'm not – I'm not aware of TCU in a in the, the landscape of college football and kind of where they match up. So the way I see it is we see they like to run the ball. Questions are what type of, you know, is their starter going to play? Is their, is their top guy going to play? I think as we've seen kind of being spread out and then the inside draws killed us. So if you've got a guy like this who's um, – it looks like he is – ranked pretty high for total offense. Um, he's, uh, I think he's number 11 ranked. Yeah, number 11th, number yeah, 11th all-purpose. So you got a guy that, you know, is in, that can obviously be a threat in between the tackles as a runner and as a receiver if he's putting that kind of that kind of yardage up from an all-purpose standpoint. So kind of a Christian – I don't want to give him this much credit, but like a Christian McCaffrey type of threat where you have to account for him at all times when they play. So I think that's the number one priority. Um, is he playing? If he is, how do we stop him? Receiver-wise, um, that's that's another issue. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to your analogy. Actually, week two of the podcast, remember we talked about. Oh no, sorry, this is after Air Force. We're talking about recruiting, right? Yeah. Said, hey, our guys aren't good enough, you know. And, and you're and you're like, hey, I actually talked to Fitz. Said, hey, these players are actually better talented. If you look at SMU's roster. From the top, from the, from the top five schools, right? So the top five conferences. You have the ACC, the Big Ten, the Big Twelve, Pac Twelve, and of course, you know this big one called the SEC. I think they have what thirty-seven transfers. They didn't, UC, uh, didn't UCF have somewhere in the range of twenty to twenty-five, Bill? Yeah, they, yeah. I mean, and, 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 and UCF's, their interior linemen, apparently, according to Scott, he, he kind of updated us this after the podcast, was second team, all conference, all SEC at, at, at oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and we ran the ball for 300 and some odd yards. So that's what I'm, hey, it doesn't hey, matter. I'm not, I'm not criticizing. <laughs> I'm just telling you, I'm just reading off the stats. Hey, that's when fine. I, when, I, when I played, guess what? I didn't even pay attention to the scouting reports. I didn't even <laughs> care who they were. And no, don't tell Coach Neiman. I'm not going to watch it. I was just going to say, the coaches aren't listening, Eric. Listen, listen I'm going to tell no, you. I, 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 tell I, you didn't, I didn't listen to the coach. I didn't care if it was whoever in, in, was playing. In four off, years. We're going to dominate. We're going to dominate. In four years, there were only two players that I actually knew who they were when we lined up and played them. That was Aaron Donald and Jalen Smith from Notre Dame. Those are the only two players that we played against on defense where we actually – I'm going to just let the fans in on a little bit of Navy game plan and secret. You come in on Tuesday, 
Coach has every every uh, formation that we like and what we think the defense is going to run based on our formations and then what plays that we're going to run. I hope I'm not giving up too much info. Um, and when we play Aaron Donald, normally it's just a bunch of a bunch of X's on defense, just a bunch of bodies, right? But <laughs> the week we played Aaron Donald, there was a 99 because we needed to know <laughs> where number 99 was. Yeah. And the same thing for Jalen Smith. So I don't yeah, think they're the going that. We're the guy when I played him was Aaron Curry from Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. He was a stud college, not in the pros, but hey, he was. He, that's one of the guys I remember just absolutely just laying havoc on people. But my point Keenan, for all this, playing Houston when they had Ed Oliver, I honestly didn't know who Ed Oliver was till he left. Okay, so, well he's pretty damn good. Yeah, I mean he's a first round pick, but but that's my point, very, though, right? That, that's my point. I agree. Like, I agree. When we went into that game, it to me it didn't matter who we were playing because. When I the comp the confidence I think that that all players should carry I think that Navy players I hope that they're carrying is I am as equally as good as you are I can play with you if you don't have that mentality when you show up on Saturday you're gonna get your butt kicked every week week in and week out especially in this conference so with that said they should have confidence based on their performance last week based on the type of talent that they played against last week that they can come in in this game and compete two two touchdown underdogs. I mean, disrespect. I could care less how many transfers they have. I could care less how many touchdowns quarterback threw. You still got to show up on Saturday. You still got to. You still got to come. Thing is, you still got to play. Is, you know the like the triple option is the ultimate equalizer. Absolutely. You know, you're not. You know, in the pros, right? You know, it's the same pretty much offense most teams have as you know as a running back. Yeah, you, you got to figure out who you're playing against because you're you're pass pro blocking. You got to figure yeah. out. The, the matchups you got to take advantage of matchups 100 and the triple option there's not really matchups it's my team this 11 guys we're gonna run our offense guys. better than you and they have no idea how fast until they actually hit the first series i remember i remember talking to guys afterwards again the they're like like you guys are really fast man we didn't realize how fast you were well it's not that we're super fast we're efficient we just we play fast too you play fast, play fast. you play it downhill you know exactly yeah. where you're going you know how you're getting there they don't so everything happens faster, and it, and it hits quick. I mean, the, the offensive line is getting off the ball. If you look at the offensive line stance in a triple option, they're not in a two-point. They're not ready to back up. They're in a, a four-point, almost sprinter stance, ready to fire off the ball. So it's hitting fast. As a, as a fullback, you're in a three-point stance, and I want to say four and a half. Toes at five, maybe? Toes at four and a half? Heels, at, heels at five, yeah. Heels at five? You're, you're getting downhill fast. I mean, it hits quick. So, yeah, look, it's a lot faster, and it's the ultimate equalizer. I'd be curious to I'm see. I'm excited about is, you know, I'm excited about is. Look at, we talk about the, you know, SMU offense rate. SMU defense ranks 56 in rushing, 117th in passing yards allowed. You know, their their that's, defense is nowhere near. That's like, I, I, I was going through it. I was playing both sides, Keenan. I was, uh, you know, you shut that up. <laughs> I was, I was, that was a T ball you set up right there, man. Uh-huh. Like, hey, their defense, we're gonna dominate. We are gonna show up. We're gonna dominate. The B backs are feeling it. The quarterback is feeling it. Need him healthy. Need him attack him like you said last or on Monday. Attack him. I see. A, I see a with Navy on offense. Defense, you know that, that. You know they, we all know that. No doubt. I mean, I think the big thing is going to be taking care of the football on offense. Um, because if you take care of the football and they put together, you know, instead of two 14 play drives, they put together three or four 14 play drives. You keep that quote prolific offense off the field creates frustration and as a, as a play caller. I mean, it's the same story. It's, it's really it's really every week that we show up here and do this podcast and we talk about the weekend, and weekend review. 
we're going to have the same conversation, the same story. The, the formula for Navy to be successful in this conference is the same week in and week out. And I think that they're finally, maybe, hopefully, they've seen based on how they played against Houston, how they were able to limit that offense. You know, they've gotten a couple of breaks with quarterbacks being a little injured, with, with Toon being injured against Houston. He wasn't, you know, his full mobile self. You got a, you got a, a true freshman. But I'm okay because those two games were confidence builders for defense. They saw, wait a minute, when we don't shoot ourselves in the foot, we can shut down these quote, these quote unquote, you know, high powered offenses. We shut down Gus Malzahn's offense when we didn't, when we didn't have, when they didn't get the ball inside the 10 yard line. You know what I'm saying? So they, now they have a little bit of confidence. So maybe they can look, they walk in the, walk on the field on Saturday with a little bit of swagger, a little bit of pep in the step. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like the first couple of games were, yeah, the first game, you know, moralizing. But now you got some confidence. Now it's time to, to take the fight to them and not sit back and wait on them to, to strike first. Also, Bill, you like this. Chris, we talked on Monday, over under was 62 and a half. I just looked right now. I think it's like, what, 55? Yep, 55. What, what's that mean? That means everybody's betting, uh, betting up, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, to a betting think, maybe, is that right? I still think it's over. I still think it's going to be a lot of points. So you, yeah, you said bet the under. I said under, but after, you know, actually actually watching them on film and seeing how bad their defense is and seeing how well our offense is, and then, you know, they do have, you know, their, their receivers, they're good. You know, Gray, uh, Robertson, Rice, um, they're solid. And then, you know, the quarterback. Yeah, I'm a well, little so. worried. I know you guys are sitting here going, oh, it's no problem. This offense looks potent to me and – you know, I, I mean, Navy ain't exactly the greatest pass coverage team I've ever seen. I'll tell you that. Yeah, you know, they're, they're, they're not they're not Cole Brennan from Hawaii back then. You know, they're yeah, not playing it that's what I'm saying. They're, times a game. They're, they're not. I don't think they're the, the whole point of my thing is they're not world beaters. I think it, it'd be different if we were walking into Tuscaloosa on Saturday. Then we'd be having a whole another conversation right now. But they're not world beaters. Let's take a look at who they beat. Let's take a look at who scored points on them. Um Eric, you said you watched film. Did you see what their kind of base front was, even odd? Could you tell? Yeah, they, move, they move it around. So, to be honest with you, if, if, they, if they line up and they decide they want to do some shifting, right, uh, assuming Ty can handle that type of mental workload of, of seeing, oh, it's an odd front, oh, it's an even front, it's going to be a long day. No team that, we've, that we play against that does all this, that's shifting in their fronts and in their, in their defenses – it's successful against us. All right, guys, let me talk about our sponsor real quick. Uh, Chris, before we do the uh, bet online uh, discussion, what are you, what are you going to do? You're going to bet the over? You're going to bet the under? You're going to pick Navy to cover a 13-and-a-half-point spread? What you got? Yeah, I'm uh, picking Navy to cover, uh, and I'm picking the over. Uh, and um, I have to tell you, I'm, I'm close to picking Navy as an outright winner. I, I really am. I, I – I'm kind of where the guys are, um, and uh, I, I I like that Vegas always underestimates uh, this Navy team. Well, you won last week big, and you've been doing pretty well all season on Bet Online. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season with a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests. Bet, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your bonus. 
From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. So, guys, a little uh, intel. I was at practice today doing some interviews, and I got to laugh. Today I interviewed Darrelson Masani, who's the new starting center, and boy, is he a hoss. He is 315 pounds, and he that, that, that man looks like a tree trunk from the waist down. He is big, big, big. And uh, but he's he's funny. He, you know, he's a young sophomore kid is his first interview. He said he told me afterward he's been in his dorm room practicing doing interviews, pretending like he was doing it. So he get ready. <laughs> he, he was nervous. And uh, I would ask a question. He'd say, now, exactly what do you are you asking this or are you asking that? He want to make sure he's clear so he didn't get the wrong answer. Anyway, that boy was nervous, but uh, he made a big difference. I mean, that big horse plowed some holes up the middle for the fullbacks on Saturday against Central Florida. And I like the move. They pushed Pierce Banbury over to guard. He's their best offensive lineman. He's their smartest guy, but he's not the biggest guy. And they decided to put a big, giant boy, 315 pounds up front. And Ashley Ingram, the offensive line coach, told me today on the side that this guy's going to be good. I mean, he's only a sophomore, and he's already good. I mean, they've been mentioning his name to me. And kind of said, you know, we're. I think they were waiting until they could really trust him, that he knew the offense. And then finally, they're just like, this guy's too good to be sitting on a bench. Put him in. Um, yeah. I, I had to laugh because big old big boy Darrelson, he says that when they do practice, they never run more than like seven, eight plays in a row. And he said the first scoring drive Navy had was 14 plays. <laughs> and, and he, I know when he was gassed. That boy was yeah, oh, he was gas. He was dying. He said when they finally scored, everybody ran in the end zone to celebrate. And he was just like, I, I got I, you. I'll meet y'all on the sideline. <laughs> celebrate from afar. <laughs> but he I, was fun. I've been, I've been there before. I've been there before. <laughs> I <laughs> love the kid. But, um, you know, so that to me is the key. Possessing the ball. We talked about this SMU offense. And I no doubt they're potent. And we'll go back to Keenan's point about transfers. Um, Tanner Mordecai, it sounds impressive. He transferred from Oklahoma. Guess what? He sat behind Justin Fields. And then, you know, Justin Fields is like, goes to the pros. He's like, all right, I'm good. I'm going to be star. And then this Spencer Rattler, this freshman, they go going with Spencer Rattler. And he's, he's like, all right, I'm checking out. I'm, I'm not going to sit behind this guy for three years. So Tanner Mordecai never did anything at Oklahoma. But he's good. And he's putting up good numbers. And they do have some weapons. And – I do not think Coach Newberry is going to use this three-safety alignment that he's been using. He used it against Houston, used it again against Central Florida. It worked. It, it accomplished what they wanted, exactly what he told us on his media briefing this week. But I don't think he's going to do that because of what you guys mentioned, the donut in the middle, the hole in the middle. And this team runs the ball way too well. And he said, SMU, if you – if you don't have the numbers inside in the box, they'll just run it, run it down the throat. They'll run 50 times. They don't want to throw it. 50. They don't care. They'll take what you give. Them. So a couple of points uh, that I was thinking about as you were talking, Bill, one to, to the running game. The one thing that I think would concern me, and I think that I, I know that they're thinking about is let's be cognizant of the play action. We know they're prolific at receiver. We know, obviously, they've scored a lot of touchdowns in the air. They run the ball well. 
So now it becomes if you don't stop the run, if we don't stop the run on Saturday, we we may not be able to outscore SMU. That's just what it's going to come down to. That has clearly become, and, and just looking at the stats and how they've performed, that is the backbone of their offense. If they can run the ball and gash us five, six, seven yards, you know what that does as a coordinator? It's like, okay, well, we got to get some help in the box. And as soon as you, as soon as we put our DBs on an island, one-on-one, you know, or we're, we're, we're putting six, seven in the box, it's going to be a long day because you can't stop both. You know what I'm saying? And if you have the three safety look, they run the ball. If you try to put people in the box, they play action you to death and take advantage of matchups. We may not be able to match up from a speed perspective, and, and they're probably going to try to take advantage of that. So I think that's one thing. I think another thing is Navy has to keep this uh, – they have to st- kind of start a trend of, of, of turning the ball over, of, of creating turnovers, I mean. And so I think – I can't remember – I know during this game, they, they during this season, they've caused a lot of turnovers but have not always been able to – or they've caused a lot of loose balls situations but have not necessarily been able to um, take advantage of those situations. They're going to have to take advantage of every opportunity that, that ball's on the ground. It has to be Navy ball. If there's a tip, it has to be a pick. Like they're going to have to be have to capitalize 100% on any and all opportunities to get that ball turned over. And I think if, if we can slow the run down, the average in, I think you said 250 plus, if we can slow the run down, get them under 100 yards or 110 yards, I think we're going to have a chance to really slow them down as an offense completely. Let's, I want to see them say, all right, we're going to throw the ball. Let's see how good this Tanner Mordecai is. Let's put him on the spot. Let's, let's let have him drop back. I think the more they throw, and it's going to sound crazy, the more they throw, the more they actually play into our hand. Because then Coach Newberry, he may be able to bring out that three safety look. He may be able to throw some more exotic looks where you have five, six DBs on the field and you bring some different blitzes, some different looks. But if he has to be concerned with the run game, he can't do that. He's got to play more vanilla on the back end, which is an, an advantageous for an offense that's so prolific on the edge. Eric, obviously no more fumbles on our own 15 and 10-yard line as well, right? Yep. And then, uh, you know, the key to, you know, switch it up a little bit. That's um, his power turn defense strengths number one nationwide. So their special teams is solid. Seems to step up. I agree with you. Everything said, Keaton, and I, th- I think uh, a pick six is in the works this this week. We need it. We need a defensive score. I don't know when's the last time Navy had a pick six. I don't ever see him doing that. But I agree with what you guys are saying. Navy has gotten a lot of loose balls out, and they need to get some more turnovers. Now they did get a couple important ones late against Central Florida. The fumble, Taylor Robinson recovered, and an interception at the end. But I agree. Turnovers would be nice here. And I tell you what, I was just looking back at the stats from last year. Ulysses Bennett, Bentley, rather, is legit. I remember him now from last year. I, I Navy would be very happy if he cannot play. Let's let's pray if you're a Navy fan that Ulysses Bentley ankle is not feeling well. Um, why don't we get some last thoughts, fellas, and maybe Chris jump in. You got any questions for the guys? I would just ask to expand on what you what stats you know, are going to tell the tale for you. Keenan, you mentioned about the running yards, um, about the rushing yards. What, what other things are you going to look for that would jump out at you that says Navy had a good day? Um, if, you know, if you're looking at just the stat sheet. Uh, for me, I'm, I'm going to take the defensive side of the ball here. I think yards per carry. If we can have a manageable 
3.5 yards per carry. I think there's a good chance if you only saw that stat, you'd be like, this is a, either a close game or Navy won. But if the yards per carry is 7.8, 6.2, that means that they had their way up front. And when you have your way up front, you have your way over the top as well because you can't do both. So that's that's the number one staff. I mean, that and then and, and behind that turnover margin. We had a saying in Seattle, if you get plus three, if you can get plus three, you, you win the game. Nine yeah. times out of ten, you're going to win the game. So yep. my challenge for the Navy defense is, can we hold them under four yards, uh, four yards per carry? And can we get plus three in the turnover margin? Eric, key stat. Easy. Third and fourth down conversions for Navy. If we could, if we can get those third down conversions, we're going to win the game. So I should mention, fellas, that these two teams play for the Gans Trophy. Frank Gans was known as the, one of the greatest special teams coordinators in NFL history. He's a Naval Academy grad. He was an assistant coach at Navy. And toward the end of his life, under June Jones, he was an assistant at SMU. So Frank Gans is the man that ties these programs together. And after Frank passed, they decided to create a trophy. And these two teams have played for the Frank Gans Trophy. And Navy is 7-2 and two against SMU in Gans Trophy games. So remembering Frank Gans, he's a great football coach at both the collegiate and professional level. Guys, great job. I always enjoy listening to your insight and analysis. And now you got me ready to do like Chris Cervello and go on Bet Online and Bet Navy because you got me all fired up thinking Navy's going to take down number 24 ranked SMU. I was worried earlier in the week, but now I've listened to the two of you and I'm ready to jump on betonline.com. Well, Bill, before we uh, devolve too much into uh, gambling and uh, picking spreads, uh, I'm excited to hear from uh, this week's alumni spotlight, Chet Moeller. Um, Very cool watching Navy retire his number last week. Um, And as you made the point uh, last week, and I I think it'll come up in your interview, uh, this is the first defensive player whose number Navy has retired. So uh, I'm really excited for this interview. All right, folks. Now for our weekly alumni spotlight, which is presented by New Day USA. New Day, a mortgage company that serves retired and active duty veterans. Uh, we are with Chet Moeller and so honored to put the spotlight on Chet Moeller, one of the greatest players in Navy history. And Chet has already received numerous honors, including Consensus All-American in 1975 and also was inducted into the College Football Foundation Hall of Fame in 2010. But I think Chet would say that the honor he received this past weekend during the Central Florida game may rank up there as one of the best. Chet had his jersey retired by the Naval Academy Athletic Association, and Chet joined exclusive company, Roger Stahlback, Joe Bellino, Keenan Reynolds. Uh, they're only a handful of, and Napoleon McCallum, I don't want to leave out Nap. Uh, only a handful of players that have had their jerseys retired, and in, interestingly, all those previously honored were offensive players. So Chet is the very first defensive player to have his jersey retired. That would be number 48, now out of circulation, will no longer be worn by a Navy football player. Chet, is there any way that you can sum up 
the uh, enormity of that honor that you received this past Saturday. Uh, Bill, thank you, first of all, for, for having me. Um, I really, um, it's really hard to, to sum up what it means. And, and a, a lot of it has to do with who was there. And um, that always is special to me to be surrounded by my teammates and friends. And then now, uh, 45 years later, uh, my family. Um, so um, it was special for all those reasons. I don't think I really have thought about my number being retired and what kind of absorbing that. I'm sure that that will eventually sink in. Um, it, it, anyway, my friends have been very gracious and teammates have been very gracious just with their um, congratulations and all that. Um, but again, I, I point back to, you know, and this sounds like, you know, I said this before and I have <laughs> my, my coaches, um, I even start with my high school coach, Dick Hoppy, and then, you know, George Welsh, Lenny Fonts, Rick Lance, um, Steve Belichick, Jack Cloud. I mean, just, uh, the people that surrounded me, um, I'll, I point all of it to, to them. So, uh, thank you for giving me the opportunity to, to just express that again. Well, I've gotten to know Chet a little bit here after writing numerous articles and interviewing him on the phone. And then we had Chet was kind enough to serve as guest speaker for the touchdown club of Annapolis banquet. I'm highly involved with the touchdown club of Annapolis, been on the board of, of governors for that organization for years. And, uh, we were so pleased to have Chet come and speak to our group. Um, I can say that Chet redefined the safety position at the collegiate level when he played at Navy. And Chet mentioned Rick Lance was a defensive coordinator at Navy during the time. And uh, they saw the talent Chet had in his ability to read and react. And they moved him up to the second level, almost kind of like a, really the, the kind of the rover position, basically able to, you know, play out of, not in a typical safety spot and basically let Chet read plays and react. And that's what he did. And, uh, you know, there's a highlight tape called Chet Moeller run support. And it is just a clinic on, on playing defense. And Chet, basically, if there was a sweep or a, a quick toss and he read it and was in the backfield blowing up, not only the ball carrier, but the guy trying to block for him as well. And Chet, you and I have talked about this, quite often, but I just, uh, I still marvel when I think about what you did and I watched that tape. It's just, it's unbelievable. Um, but Bill, that's very kind. It, um, I, I uh, periodically will look at it first laughing at, at the, um, the quality of the tape <laughs> because we're talking about 46 years ago, but um, it, um, you know, I think it was my it was the beginning of my junior year when I, it dawned on me what Lenny Fonts was trying to teach me. And, you know, why was it so important to go watch film? Um, I, you know, I didn't understand that. What is it so? Why is it so important to to have keys and and read those keys? And it became, as you said, it became instinctive. And I really as time has gone on and I've been asked, I've had to evaluate, you know, what, what is it that, 
allowed me to do that. First of all, uh, you mentioned recognition. Um, that was the key. And just God gave me the ability to, to see four different positions and analyze what was going on and then uh, react. And, um, and, you know, Coach Welsh and Coach Lance and uh, Coach Fonts all gave me the uh, permission to basically to, to kind of stretch what I was supposed to do. Um, and I took some leeway and um, it, it seemed, it seemed to work. And then the, the team just bought into what we were doing and uh, it, just exciting. And I think, I, I don't know if it was you, I mentioned this too, Bill, but um, the first game that Arkansas played this year was Texas and they played just like we did in 1975. And I, I'm, being um, complimentary of us because Arkansas just <laughs> it, it was so fun to watch because they they um, did what we did they um, pushed everything outside and then allowed eleven guys to run to the ball and be fun have fun doing it and be excited about doing it so that was a very long answer to your question but but hopefully I, you understand what I'm saying absolutely and I. Love talking to your teammates about you because they are still in all of what you did on the field. And I really enjoyed talking to Mark Thorpe. And he was mentioning playing Pittsburgh and the great Tony Dorsett, who was a Heisman Trophy winner. And Thorpe said he, he had Dorsett around the uh, shoulder pads. He's going to try to ride him out of bounds. And here comes Chet out of nowhere like a missile. And he knocks Dorsett right out of Thorpe's hands. <laughs> and he said he got back to the huddle and said, Chester, if that if you had hit my arm with that hit you laid on Dorset, I'd have been shattered in five places. <laughs> he played well, the game with reckless abandon. Thorpe told me. Um, you know, it makes me laugh, Bill, because well, Mark told that story in in presence of uh, Chet Gladchuk at, at a brunch we had. And, um, I, I, although I don't, I don't remember. I, what I do remember is a friend of mine from high school, Dick Geyer, who lives in Nashville now, and he's good friends with Bob Kessling, who's the voice of the Tennessee Vols, uh, both teammates in high school. And I, Dick came up with a, uh, a term for Chet Moeller, and that was J-O-P. I said, what does J-O-P mean? And he said, jump on pile. So, I'll, you know, I'm running the football and you, you come flying in and we're at practice. And um, I didn't I didn't know I did that, but I just tried to play with enthusiasm. And I didn't want Dick Hoppy, our head coach, to chew me out. So that was my motivation. But, but um, I did play with uh, some reckless abandon, but it wasn't uh, the purpose was not to hurt my own players. It was uh, to take the ball carrier down. So Chet was the recipient of the very prestigious NAAA sword as a senior at Navy. Uh, Chet, if I'm correct, you were a computer science major. Is that correct? Systems engineering. Uh, yeah, that's it's close. It's close. Yeah. Um, right. Systems engineering. A very intelligent uh, individual in addition to being a great football player. And then uh, playing football and getting a great education and getting uh, learning about the military and how to be an officer were not the only great things that happened to you at the Naval Academy. You also got involved with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and FCA is how you met your wonderful wife 
uh, that you've been married to for so long. Um, can you mention, kind of talk about that? And yes, your- sir. I, um, I became a Christian in 1975, right before my senior year down at Black Mountain, North Carolina. And um, just changed my life. And um, I believe I was different on the field. I, I was kind of a jerk in my sophomore and junior year. And um, when I say a jerk, I was chewing people out because I was mad um, that they weren't doing what I wanted them to do. And um, that's very, very selfish in a sense. But my senior year, things changed and I saw the importance of team and just how important it was for us to play together because we weren't the we weren't the best athletes on the field often. And uh, but we played like it. And and that's what made the difference. So um, FCA and and the next year at the same place, I met my wife, uh, Jenny. And we got married uh, a year later after I got out of basic school, Marine Corps. Um, and I can't tell you how proud I am to be a Marine. And um, that uh, band of brothers, if you would go, go so far as saying, calling it the band of brothers, um, just uh, it is very special to be a part of the Marine Corps. Um, so, um, all those things are true, Bill. I appreciate you bringing that up because it, it really it impacts my life greatly. And last but not least, after serving in the Marine Corps, Chet uh, moved down to Alabama and has enjoyed a very successful career in the IT industry. Uh, Chet, why don't you just kind of quick sum up? Uh, you, I know you were an executive vice president with one company, but I think you've uh, switched into another company. But just kind of tell us where you're at right now. Well, I, um, I'm, I'm doing this it's actually the same thing. I, I started a company, a small company in 1985, um, got trained out in California uh, with another job, in fact. And um, it, when I got back to Montgomery, we moved from Texas back to Montgomery it, just for family purposes and um, started my business. And it grew to the point where in 2007, I had to go to work for another company who did the same thing. I just brought my book of business over, but basically I'm managed service provider, um, the ability to go into basically medical clinics, but insurance companies, um, places like that, that needed uh, support and service, uh, sell them. I would sell them hardware, software, work with them, um, the, cut, the different uh, people who work in the clinics and help them. And that was my biggest joy really working with the people and um, they seemed to, to like it that I didn't belittle them um, because a lot of IT people <laughs> often belittle uh, those they work with because, you know, they're, they're quote, not as smart as we are. But um, I saw that that was an avenue to, to get to know the, the, um, the workers and enjoy that time with them as well as, providing a good service. So that's what I've been doing. I'm back. I had a security, cybersecurity, worked with a cybersecurity company and Mark O'Hare for six years, and then went back into doing what I did back in 85, uh, managed service provider along with cybersecurity. And that's my current business with Harrison Information Technology. Wonderful. Well, we want to thank Chet Moeller for joining us on the Alumni Spotlight brought to you by New Day USA. Chet, it was great catching up with you this weekend. Um, look forward to seeing you soon again and uh, 
best of to you and your family and congratulations again on the tremendous honor. Bill, uh, thank, thank you. You've always been a good friend and um, I, I appreciate your um, writing the articles you have and, and just being, um, being there for Navy. It's, uh, it's, it's great to have someone like you around and uh, I appreciate you. We'll be back on Monday to break down the SMU game. Hopefully it's a victory for Navy, which would mean that Navy has won two in a row and built some momentum. Watch the game on Saturday and we'll talk about it on Monday. If you're a fan of the Believe in Navy football podcast, be sure to check out Sing Second Sports wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Several times a week, special guest Bill Wagner, along with host John Schofield and Ward Caro, help you stay up to date with the latest in Naval Academy sports news as they dive into the physical mission of the Naval Academy and look at varsity sports, club sports, and intramurals at the Naval Academy. So be sure to check out Sing Second Sports.